Welcome to Burn After Pitching, the podcast where we uh, invite various luminaries from various worlds of comedy, books, podcasting, whatever, and invite them to pitch on a series of pre-selected topics and one surprise topic from our editor, Tyler uh, Tyler McPhail. Today joining us, as always, we have our co-host, Michael Tanner. Hey, that's me. I'm Michael Tanner. Hello. And our guests. First, a podcaster with the Story Geeks, Sandra Demas. Hey. Hello. And... (laughs) A bit of a burn after pitching history. Our first three-peat guest, a buzzworthy comedy writer who's just been blowing up all over social media, Brandon Burkhart. Happy 2020, everybody. And speaking of uh, hellscapes, Thanksgiving is coming up. Should be a lot of interesting <laughs> dinnertime conversation with some uh, relatives you've fallen out of touch with. And that brings us to our first topic, which is take an existing song and make it the official song of Thanksgiving. And I'm going to start out with Sandra. Sandra, give us our new official song of Thanksgiving. All right. So I thought long and hard about this because I love music and I love making playlists and picking the perfect song for um, everything, any any sort of holiday or event. So for this one, first of all, I'm not really a big Thanksgiving fan just because of all of the, um, you know, uh, Lack of truth, I guess we could say, on how the first Thanksgiving went down and all of that. So it just, it, it's never been, I, I mean, I've never been a patriotic person, even as like a kid and mm-hmm. stuff. So I wasn't um, thinking of something that's like celebrating the country or anything. Um, but, you know, if we're going to try to have, try try to redeem this holiday as something where we do stop and take time to be thankful and to not only be thankful, but also to give and um, to use our, you know, quote, blessings to um, serve others, then I thought this would be a good song. It's one that I don't think many people have any sort of memory of. So it's not going to disrupt an existing memory or, um, or anything like that. Um, And the history behind this song or the, the artist, it's a Native American singer um, and she is singing jazz. She's a jazz singer and jazz originated in the U.S. Not a lot of music originated in the, in the U.S., but this this does. So it's kind of an homage not only to Native American people, but to something that originated in the United States. Um, and it's called I'm Glad There Is You by Mildred Bailey. So Mildred Bailey is um, from the Coeur d'Alene people. So she's Native Native American. And the song is really about just being thankful for whoever it is that she's singing to, um, that everything in the world, you know, all these overrated pleasures or underrated treasures, I'm glad there is you. So it's a time of just stopping and and it's not about things. It's about people. Um, So that is my choice. I'm glad there is you by Mildred Bailey, and it's on Spotify. If you want to listen to it, she has beautiful, um, beautiful music. I love jazz, so, um, so yeah, that's my choice. I'm glad. I'm glad there is you. That's kind of a jazz standard, right? I know I've heard some. I think Tony Bennett mm-hmm. has a version. Mm-hmm. And oh I never, yeah, I, mean, I never knew who did the the original. That's great. So I will definitely check that out. And uh, yeah. thanks for giving us so much room to make jokes, Sandra. That's yeah. great. I feel really like uh, I can really uh, riff on this one. <laughs> great. Indeed so. Well, yes, it's uh, our white privilege will definitely be showing as we uh, have a good old Oh, that is super fun. I love that. <laughs> all right. Well, we are not on shaky ground at all. And on that note, that sounds like a lovely song. But Michael Tanner, I think you can do as good or better. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> 
I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. Um, Sandra brought up some excellent points about what, you know, the reality of Thanksgiving and what it, you know, means uh, in America. But I'm going to focus on one specific aspect. And it's the one that I think most people go to nowadays. And that's why the song I believe should be the new official Thanksgiving song is Weird Al's Eat It. (laughs) If you look at the lyrics for Weird Al's Eat It, there's a lot (laughs) to connect it to Thanksgiving. The lines are, I don't want to argue. I don't want to debate. That is every Thanksgiving table for the last four years, right? Yeah. And you sometimes you just got to eat it. It doesn't matter if it's boiled or fried. <laughs> Have some more chicken, which maybe we'll change that line to turkey. Have some more pie. And there's always one person who seems like they're going to fart themselves to death. So you got that too. Yeah. <laughs> a, a little behind the scenes here. This was, a, a I think, a, a late hour substitution, right? You were initially planning another one, right? My, well, my joke example was Black Flag's TV party. Oh, okay. That's the other thing you do after you eat mm-hmm. is uh, you just sit and watch TV. Yeah. But I went, uh, this was a last minute because uh, <laughs> I decided this yesterday because I realized I had not uh, picked a song for it. But I mm-hmm. think Weird Al's Eat It is yeah. the mm-hmm. Thanksgiving song. I, I do have to say, yeah. I, I I now realize my, my choice might have been a little too highbrow, but you know. <laughs> you know, there's room well, for, for all sorts of brows here on <laughs> Burn After Pitching. We're all brows. <laughs> We're all brows. We're the monobrow. We're multi-browed. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I like we sort of have, how should I put it, the the two ends of the spectrum covered. But yeah. what end of the spectrum will Brandon's song be on, I wonder? Brandon, care to share? Well, uh, speaking of uh, last second switches, uh, my choice was Weird Al's Eat It. <laughs> oh, uh, again. This again, we do this every time, Brandon. Great, we great, do this every time. It's great or or lazy, obvious minds, <laughs> uh, or people who just got the assignment. Look at the assignment ten minutes ago, uh, but yeah. So gluttony popped in my mind. But now that we've covered gluttony and we've covered um, Native American genocide, I will go <laughs> middle brow, like the top of Anthony Davis's nose. Um, NBA fans, he's got a unibrow. I'll go middle brow. I'll I, I did a quick scramble, but I think this this is actually my second choice that I had in my head, because now we can cover thankfulness, um, which is the nice spirit that falls between gluttony and genocide of the holiday. You know, but it puts the thanks in Thanksgiving. I'm going with Alanis Morissette, a Canadian. Alanis Morissette's Thank You, which is all about thanking things. And, um, you know, it's not directly uh, Thanksgiving friendly, but she says thank you a lot. And most people <laughs> don't really pay attention to things besides the obvious words. So they want look at the references to antibi- antibiotics and uh, disillusionment. <laughs> nice. But she does, you I'm know, she talks, yeah, about, focus. talks about bawling your eyes out. But she also says, thank you, India. Yeah. And uh, if Christopher Columbus hadn't gotten lost trying to find India... And then Europeans <laughs> colonized this land, and some say ruined it. There would be no Thanksgiving. So thank you, India. Uh, <laughs> thank you, India, Atlantis for having Morris. a landmass. <laughs> yeah. Atlantis Morissette. It also says the next line is "Thank you, terror," which is maybe not what Americans want to think about during Thanksgiving. But you got to take some uh, some lessons with your yeah. with your with your medicine with your tryptophan. So yeah. thank you, uh, by a spoonful of sugar. Yes, spoonful of. of uh, Canned cranberry sauce. We'll go with the song. Thank you. <laughs> ah, I love these. And uh, I think in an effort to balance genocide and gluttony, I will jump in, host privilege, because <laughs> I also have a vote for the official uh, song of Thanksgiving. 
uh, with a little tweak because there is a wonderful They Might Be Giants song called mm. Your Racist Friend. Oh, so we make it your racist guest. And basically, uh-huh. we have the perfect song for Thanksgiving. So that's that's mine. So, yes, this is going to be a very strange Spotify playlist. I know. <laughs> I've been I've I won't say I've been listening to that song a lot lately, but I've but I, I listened to that song enough in high school when I was really into They Might Be Giants. So, I, yeah. you know, yeah. I memorized it. And it's so sad that that song is so timely. Every yeah. day I go on t- on Facebook, I am confronted with the lyrics of that song, like in terms of like, how, how, how do you still have this person as your friend person? I know on Facebook, how do you have this racist, awful person as your Facebook friend still? Uh, but yeah, but that's a great song. They might be giants. Great band. Yeah. I think I think I think many of us went through a, a flood phase. It was a it was a good a good puberty album. I think. Were you a theater kid? Because it was I like, was. yeah, yeah. Like I they was. might be giants was the theater kids. Oh, it was. I don't know. I was more like a, a I don't know, like a book geek more. Mm. Like but that that, that song works for when you want to end the party. Like you start playing that as a cue <laughs> when people are fighting because the first line is, "This is where the party ends." So it's a crib table the song. People focus on. Okay, I, I mean, I guess so. I was. It was always metal music machine was the party ender for for us. But uh, you're right, that would work as well. So <laughs> and then it became closing time. Oh yeah, well we're sort of know, pre-closing. It's on time. the nose. <laughs> okay, well there you have uh, four excellent uh, nominations for the official song of Thanksgiving. Uh, as always, if you out there in podcast listening land have an idea for another official song. Uh, share it. Please give us your burning pitch with the hashtag burning pitch. And, you know, we're stuck at home, so we'll probably read it and reply. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so enough with Thanksgiving and racism and gluttony and genocide. Uh, ugh, we need some cheering up now. I hope Tyler has a wonderfully cheery topic as our surprise second oh, topic. Man. Tyler? I have, oh, do I have the most capitalistic thing for you guys? I, I, I just got off the phone with um with mr netflix and it's crazy netflix absolutely needs to get into a completely new market and they need a partnership so starbucks and netflix are working together to create the perfect netflix drink at starbucks so (laughs) i need a netflix show or property themed starbucks drink so yeah so netflix is partnering up with uh starbucks Ooh, that sounds like a it's a, Interesting a, combination. a dystopian, a dystopian future. It's essentially what 2020 is leading to, I believe. I believe, <laughs> I believe all the uh, all the fortune tellers and all the other people have foreseen this as the downfall of the, of the end of the of, of civilization. <laughs> I like this one. Hello, I'm Robert Kelly. If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, don't worry, it shouldn't. I'm not famous or noteworthy. Just a guy who loves giant monster movies and wants to share his love. On my upcoming podcast, Record All Monsters, I'll be doing just that. With my friends, family, and sometimes some special guests who know more about it than I do. So join us on Record All Monsters. You might not learn anything, but we'll have a good time. Maybe. So, we're back. We have Starbucks and Netflix, the team up uh, very few people call for, but it's happening, like it or not. So let's hear the <laughs> flagship, uh, what is it called? Branding Synergy product. I will go first to Brandon. Sock it to us. Well, 
you know, there's a lot of uh, offerings on Netflix, but for me, the one, the premium, most, uh, most wonderful offering on the only reason to have Netflix really is for Fuller House. Uh, <laughs> oh, we needed to get a continuation of the Full House saga. I've been on my edge of I had to know. for 15 years. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it delivers everything you want from a Full House spinoff. So uh, to, to combine Fuller House with Starbucks, they're going to offer their Fuller House blend. Uh, so that's one offering Starbucks is having on Netflix. Also, now this wasn't an original Netflix show, but it's blowing up on Netflix now, which is, uh, have you guys seen Cobra Kai? If you haven't, it's amazing. Yeah. So to, to promote Cobra Kai and Starbucks, there's going to be a Cobra Kai latte. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not a Cobra Kai? <laughs> it's a Cobra... Huh. It's oh, a cobra, yeah. It's a cobra, cobra chai latte. I, I, wrote, yeah. I wrote Cobra Kai chai latte. I don't know whether they go with Cobra Kai latte or Cobra chai latte. So you're saying Cobra chai latte is a better version. I think you're right. That's it's Cobra bad. chai latte. Thanks. Yeah, I needed the assist on that. And finally, I was trying to think of a pumpkin. You know, I got to get a pumpkin spice joke in there because it's Starbucks. Um, so Netflix is, is going to combine with Starbucks for their version of a pumpkin spice coffee. It'll be called Orange is the New Black Coffee. It's got orange flavoring in it. Yeah. And those are my Starbucks, Netflix synergistic blends. Excellent. Ah, you set the bar very high, but I'm sure we can match it. Michael, what do you got? Okay, I went more kind of Netflix and Starbucks teaming up in a conceptual way. So basically what they do is there's a new Starbucks pick your favorite promotion. Where you go to your Starbucks and you pick what your favorite drink is, like how you like your drink exactly to a T. You want you want a flat white with two Splendas with a double shot. You establish that's your favorite drink. So now what happens? You register that with the Starbucks Netflix app. And then you, you get to order that drink three times. And then it is discontinued and you can <laughs> never get that drink again. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the promotion. Okay. Is this off a Netflix series that got canceled after three? Netflix cancels all the original series after three. Oh, yes. That's the joking. Okay, got it. <laughs> Thank you. It's funny now that you've explained it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> okay, excellent. And, and Sandra, what do you have for Netflix and Starbucks? Well, I really wanted to do Shit's Creek, but it's a pop original series. So uh... I, can't, I can't do that, right? David, David. Yeah. Ew. Ew, David. Ew, David. Um, okay, so I'm going to start off with, you know, the, the type of drink that's just a hot freaking mess. People don't know. They don't like coffee. They just like a bunch of shit in their stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm guilty that, of that quite often. It's going to be, I, I don't even, it's going to have tons of chocolate syrup and like extra pumps of like all kinds of syrups. Um, it's going to have very little coffee, probably blended um, with a ton of whip on top and sprinkles. And it's going to be called I Don't Know Shit About Fuck Coffee. Um, and this is based <laughs> off of Ozark, like the best line in probably any um, any series. She just says, I don't know shit about fuck. So I hope we could cuss on this episode, by the way, because that's yeah. the coffee. I have no idea what's in it, but it's just a mess. So that is what you order when you just like sugar. So that's one drink. My other drink um, is that's my peach tea based off of ratchet. So it's again, based off of a line. Um, it's just peach tea 
And it's going to have some grenadine to represent like the blood that we see all throughout Ratchet. Um, and that's it. It's just a simple peach tea, peach tea with grenadine in it. A bit of grenadine. Okay. Yep. And it's called That's My Peach Tea. I know. I'm like, that's how, you know, you go home, you put some vodka on top of that, even better. <laughs> I was going to say, like, give me a shot of rum in that. I drink Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. That sounds good. Um, so I, I haven't seen Ratchet. Is there some casual alcoholism in it? Uh, you know, there's a lot of isms in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great show. It's like an American Horror Story um, with a different aesthetic, but it's freaking gorgeous. You're the first person I've heard to say that it's not just stupid and awful. Are you serious? Like, yeah. I don't know anyone who likes that show. I it know some people who I'm are still hate watching it. <laughs> you know, but, but, I mean, but do you like Ryan Murphy shows in general? So I stopped watching American Horror Story when it got too real. There was one season that had like a bunch of Trump stuff in it. And I'm like, I'm trying to get away from this. <laughs> so no. So I stopped watching. Um, yeah, you know what? It could be that I'm stupid and garbage. That's why I like it. I really love the aesthetic that to me, like every shot is freaking gorgeous. I love it. Every frame of painting. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I like horror and I like thriller characters motivation. Cause I've seen the, the whole thing. So toward the end, I'm like, I, it like jumped a million sharks here, but, <laughs> um, but I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was nice to binge on. Yeah. I mean, quarantine, you know, quarantine rules. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Three good ideas. I, I actually were surprised. I wonder just because it seems there's a great movement to do whatever game show you can do cheap. Why they don't just have like a quick game show of Starbucks where it has actual name off the name that's put on their coffee. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we can get three seasons out of it, but it'd be, you know, fun for a couple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, excellent, excellent drinks. By the way, everybody out there, if you've got a good pitch for the uh, Netflix Starbuck drink and or show, once again, let us know. Use the hashtag burning pitch. Uh, but let us move on to our finale, which ironically is about finales. Uh, TV shows, we love them. And then sometimes <laughs> they end and it can be really hard to stick the landing. We all have our favorite shows that we love, except for the last episode. And this is our chance to redress, to, to uh, how should I put it, get a do-over on uh, that finale that we just wish was better. Today we're And this pitch... is slightly timely because they just announced that Dexter is coming back. Oh, yeah. Had a very controversial uh, finale, but it's coming back for, like, mini-movies. <laughs> what is it? Like some eight, I, I think the creator actually said this is our chance to fix the finale. So even he is admitting... You know, the finale has damage to be undone. So if he can do it, we can do it. <laughs> that yeah. I will rage watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, when I, I fell off Dexter in the John Lithgow season. I'm not sure why, because yep. I love John Lithgow. Oh, that's that's really considered, like, the best season. Yeah, yeah it was a good season. I, I, I think it was just, like, I got busy, you know. Okay, but yes, I should go back and watch. I've never even seen it because I didn't. Have, I didn't have Showtime, so I never saw it. I don't know if I should catch up now that everyone <laughs> See, says this is where, like this but... is why Sanders on this episode is. We were mm -hmm. talking about it. I actually really like the finale of Dexter. Ooh, yeah, uh, an, an ex friend Spoiler of mine alert. does too. I'm just kidding. She's not ex. <laughs> I yeah. met because everybody She's told me dead. it was awful. Maybe that's why I kind of liked it. But and and I'm sorry, Internet, for stoking your rage. I kind of liked the Game of Thrones finale. I, I thought Ooh, it was. Well, we're going to get into that. Mm -hmm. No spoilers. Yeah. 
I mean, I thought it was, yeah. I mean, I have been it kind of sucked that like all the female rulers turned out to be evil, which, you know, Game of Thrones always kind of sucked in that department. But I thought it set it up very nicely. Targaryen always had Daenerys, this like side door where she would like let the rage take over. It happened in Yunkai and then it happened in uh, King's Landing. But anyways, enough of my hot take. Let us hear. This is your chance to pitch a new TV finale for an existing show. And uh, Michael, I think I think this time we will start with you. Give All us right. your new and improved finale. Okay, I am doing Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, <laughs> mostly because I had already like written out. Um, what, this was largely based on what my prediction of what the mm. finale would be, um, and it was uh, completely different. Um, and I liked my version more. So going into Game of Thrones, uh, I'm going to assume everyone's relatively familiar with most of the premise and a lot of the characters. Uh, and I'm taking, we, this is literally going up. Everything happens the same up until the, the final episode. So the previous ep- episode ended with, you know, uh, Daenerys torching the capital King's Landing and kind of she wins, uh, by essentially. Uh, dropping a bomb on the city, which is her dragon. So mm-hmm. in the, in my finale, so we kind of start with like Danny is solidifying her power, and everyone is she's got a dragon and you know a, a pretty good army and everything. And she is she is like getting stuff done. She's establishing new houses that are loyal to her out of either fear or honest gratitude, because uh, every house that stood against her, she is just like wiping out completely. Like Lannisters completely wiped out. Gone. Except material, because yeah. um, he's he's at this moment he's still kind of in her camp. But like um, Gendry, if you remember Gendry, the uh, the bastard son of King Baratheon, who and love interest for Arya. Oh, so yeah. Gendry is is awarded like a house, um, which I think he he technically gets in like one of the earlier episodes. He does get it, yeah. He, he invites. He's put Arya in a more prominent him. position, and it's very clear that he's going to be loyal to Dan. Uh, and same with Brienne, like her house is kind of empowered, and she's. And Danny changes the rules so you know a, a woman can be the official head of a house, um, and so she's very much ingratiating herself to a lot of the characters, and they believe that Danny will make the world a better place, and maybe even give Danny like a scene where she says like I am going to be rough and I am going to rule with an iron fist and I'm going to tear down all of my enemies to make the world better because at some point I will have made the world so much safer and better that I won't have to do that or my descendants won't have to do that. So I'm willing to be the bad guy right now. So someday, you know, my descendants don't have to be a bad guy and the world works as works in a better way for everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we get like, oh, well, you know, uh, a little bit of Dr. Doom, I guess, where Dr. Doom's thing is like, he's a cruel tyrant, but his people love him because he keeps himself and he gives them everything that he needs or everything they need. Uh, also during this, we see Braun, the fan favorite character. He is executed because although he's a fan favorite, he's really an awful person, an awful character. So he's killed. We kill him yeah. early on. Um, and so because like, you know, because Danny is essentially, I'm going to rule with an iron fist, you know, the remaining Starks and Tyrion are all like, John, you have to do something. She's crazy. <laughs> and, but John, John is tired. Jon Snow is tired of fighting. He is done. He just wants to go back to the North, be the Warden of the North, and essentially retire. And I think this is this is why I thought this was kind of building to that, because there are a lot of scenes in the preceding episodes that just made it clear that John was like done with all this shit. Um like, but he's like, I just I'm I just want to retire. Please leave me alone. I I defeated the the zombies 
we won. I did my thing. Please just leave me alone. Uh, but everyone is just like, John, you got to do something. But he's yeah. he's not having any of it. But Arya, Arya decides she has maybe one last kill in her. And she tried. And she failed. And is caught. Her assassination attempt is stopped. She's arrested. Sansa is arrested as a co-conspirator. And Sam is even kind of, uh, is largely innocent, but he's kind of in their web. So he's arrested. And Danny oh, is going to Sam. Make- yeah, Sam or Danny is going to make an example. She needs to put the rest of Westeros on notice, including John, in case he's in case he's not serious about, you know, just hanging back in the north. She's not fucking around. But of course, John being John, that lovable dummy John, he offers his life in exchange for theirs. Since if he dies, uh, they, there's no one to prop up t- to um challenge her rule because you know he's you know not only was john you know the hero of the north and all that stuff and like kind of you know jesus of westeros uh there's there's no one else like that um he's no one else has any kind of claim to any kind of throne especially because danny has a dragon so if he's like listen i don't care kill me just please don't kill my my friends and my family and this is you know this is a this is a monarchy world we're not going to kind of insult the audience like they did on the show by like laughing at democracy. This is like this. We're not going with that. This is Danny is queen. No one's going to challenge her. She needs to solidify everything. And Danny and John, they, they admit that they, they love each other and their love is real, but you know, true love cannot affect this world. And she also tells him that she's pregnant. Um, So there's that whole like, (laughs) Oh, but he's like, all right, like kill me. But you know, Swear to me that you'll name our child either Eddard or Lyanna. Because, you know, Eddard was, you know, his his uncle and adopted father and Lyanna's real mother. And she agrees. So John is put to death. He is burned by Drogon in a public execution. And now, like, everyone is like, nope, there's, all right, we are submitting to this crazy queen. Uh, but his body is allowed to be taken up north to be buried in the Stark. And then, so Danny stays true to her word. She's not going to kill any of the conspirators, but they are punished. So Tyrion is banished to Essos, where he slides into alcoholism and nihilism as the last Lannister, which is kind of, he talks about how that's kind of what he... Well, that's his dream, right? That's his dream, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, not in this kind of world. Uh-huh. Like... He had kind of, it's kind of like when, you, when you're a junkie and you're like, all I want to do is do heroin. Every-. And then you clean yourself up and you're no longer like <laughs> a junkie. And then someone just locks you in a room with heroin. Like this, yeah. well, yeah, at one point, this is what I wanted. But this is not what I want now. So Tyrion's banished. <laughs> and then Sansa is married off to Gendry. So it's that extra like Ooh. little stab at Arya. Um, yeah. And she's, she's sent to the South. So she doesn't even get to be in the North anymore. Oh. Uh, and Arya is then made Lady of Winterfell, which is what Arya never won at all. So she saddled with this. So that's her mm. punishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sam is made ha- ha- the head of House Tarly, but his house is now made a, a bannerman to a to a new Danny-empowered house. Um, so he's they've lost status. Uh, but he is also, he's sent to the Citadel to finish his schooling, you know, a meister or maester. Uh, and his legitimate kid with Gilly is effectively the head of house Tarly, but is fostered with a, a house that's loyal to. Um, so then this is, this is the world. Our, our main characters, our main heroes are all kind of, uh, Danny who, you know, is wrong, but also right. Um, she is, she's ruling. She's rebuilding Westeros. Uh, we see, you know, sometime later, a dark cloaked figure 
steals John's body and takes it <laughs> north above the wall. This is Uncle Benjamin. Uh, nice. And then Bran comes down to Danny's new capital, Queen's Landing, uh, and, t- and um, tells her, like, you need to rebuild the wall. And she says, why? Why would I need to rebuild the wall? And then we see John's body placed in the middle of that ice circle from season four. And Craster's last son, a toddler <laughs> White Walker, walks up to John's crusty burned body and touches it. And John's eyes shoot open, <laughs> dazzling blue. And we hear Bran's answer, because winter is coming. That's oh. the Game of Thrones finale. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? That could be a, yeah. That could be a whole other season. Oh, you, well, I mean, you could, you could, I mean, as much <laughs> as the finale was, you could do all of that in that. Because it had, like, what, two hours or hour and... 45 minutes or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I like Hashibita because historically there's plenty of people who thought like, oh, I'm going to be a bastard and I'm going to kill everybody, but it will cause peace and then everything will be great. And it, it never works out. You know, it's uh, the violence you cause comes back to bite you in the butt. I mean, even without uh, Night King John, I'm sure Arya and Sansa, <laughs> maybe even Tyrion are going to like, you know, they're not, you know, someday they'll get theirs. They'll get their payback. But, Wait, wait a second, Andy. Did you say killing everybody yes. to create peace never works? There goes my whole plan for November. Damn it. You I have to reschedule. reschedule? Got it opening now in November. I had it all worked out in my calendar. Yeah. That was my big plan. Don't oh, do it, man. It really never, cool. you know. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's, it's violence just begets violence. It, it seems to work done out my research. for, you know, the U.S. Yeah, like, that's true. Well, just looking at history. Oh, back to the thanks. <laughs> I mean, has it? Because look where we are now. Like, adhering you just to that. pay later. It's just like a credit card. You just pay way, way later. Yeah, except uh, I think the interest <laughs> is getting pretty crippling right now. Okay, interesting. So the new and improved Game of Thrones. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, let's see, Brandon. What is your pitch for a new and improved finale? Well, um, I'm gonna have to do a little of a of an alteration here again, because I was going to do Game <laughs> the of Thrones. The streak is unbroken. I don't want to, I know, because I go for the, I go for the low hanging fruit, apparently not the only one, but uh, no, I, I do, I do think our current slide into devil, uh, devolution started with the disappointing mm. Game of Thrones finale. If you remember your life was probably a lot brighter and happier until that episode came out and it's been nothing but downhill since then. So that's what you get. And, and ironically, the producers of Game of Thrones rushed that ending because they were going to make a Star Wars movie, which then they canceled making. So that was a great plan. So I'm going to alter slightly. I have, a mu- I have a much, much shorter way to fix Game of Thrones. So I was hoping I could do that and also throw in my very quick pitch cool. for fixing The Walking Dead, yeah. which isn't over yet, but will end soon. So I'm going to do like a quick twofer. Um, <laughs> I wish. Uh you know, but I'm doing very truncated uh, versions. So, because I thought of that also when I thought of Walking Dead. I mean, I thought of Game of Thrones, I thought of Walking Dead. And two shows that need help or needed help. Um, yes. <laughs> and really upset the fans. Um, so, uh, for Game of Thrones, I just changed the very ending. Not the whole episode. I have like a little extra button scene to add a nice mm-hmm. twist, I think. It'll be more satisfying. Um, so, Bran. Also, it's ironic that I was really upset that Bran gets the throne because... People don't remember that Bran on the show, that's short for Brandon is his full name. And I'm a Brandon, so I shouldn't be rooting against the Brandon winning the throne. But I was. I'm like, boo, boo, fellow Brandon. And also, no one gave me uh-huh. ever gave me the cool nickname Bran. I just get the full name Brandon. But if you call me Bran, maybe I'll soften towards him. Anyway, so my idea was he gets the throne, which is lame, and he's having some kind of meeting 
and everyone clears the room. And then we see him pull a Kaiser Soze. He pulls a Kaiser Soze and stands up out of the wheelchair. And his legs fully work. And we're like, huh? That's weird. What's happening? How can Bran walk now? And then uh, Tyrion was like, oh, I forgot something in the meeting room. Comes back in, catches Bran walking. He's like, what? What's going on here? Bran says, come here. Uh, I just want to tell you a secret. And Tyrion approaches him, at which point Bran grabs Tyrion's head, breaks his neck, killing him instantly with a big old crack. And we're like, what the hell? Bran Bran can walk and he's evil? And then he turns to the camera like (laughs) Michael Jackson at the end of Thriller, and his eyes turn into the Night King's eyes. And we see a brief, we see a brief flashback that what happened during that big siege when the Night King was about to kill Bran and Arya at the last second comes and kills the Night King to save him. She didn't realize, and we didn't realize when we saw it, that she was a beat too late. And the Night King actually touched Bran in his wheelchair and changed him so that when Arya killed the Night King, he'd already transferred himself into Bran. So that whole rest of the story after the Night King's quote-unquote dead, he was actually in Bran, and Bran was pretending to still be Bran. But now that Bran's got the throne and the and the power, the Night King actually won. Like so that's the, that's the little twist. And maybe to add a little thriller parallel, like he turns to the camera and we see his eyes turn that icy blue. We go, oh my God, Bran is the, is the Night King. And then we hear, for some reason, we hear Vincent oh. Price's... <laughs> <laughs> That's like at the, over the soundtrack, like at the end. And then the title, the, the text comes up, the end, and then a question mark appears, <laughs> question mark. And so uh, Night King wins. Not <laughs> so that's how I fixed that show. My, my, my quick pitch to fix, to fix where The Walking Dead is still going at this point, but it lost a ton of fans two seasons ago. And people stopped, a lot of people stopped watching two seasons ago when something, a character death, yeah. Something people thought went too far. So here's how I'd fix that is The Walking Dead ends however it's going to end with some big battle or whatever. And then season 11 is the last season. The way it, it starts to end in some big fight uh, between factions. And then we start hearing this weird voice uh, from the sky somewhere saying, wake up, wake up. And all the characters are looking around like, why is someone saying wake up? And we hear, come on, please wake up. This weird godlike voice. And we hear like, beep. Beep, 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 like an EKG from a hospital. I'm like, why is the sound invading this battle in the Walking Dead universe? And then suddenly everything goes black. And then we get the POV of some eyes opening, the eyes opening of someone laying in a hospital bed. And the, the, the face we're in turns and sees Rick Grimes with no beard, clean shaven, dressed like his sheriff uniform from the beginning of the, of the season. We're back in time. He's just the sheriff. And he's like, son, son, wake up. And then we see third person point of view. And uh, Carl is in a hospital bed with a bandage over his eye because he got injured in a hunting accident uh, where Rick accidentally shot him, thought it was a deer. He's like, son, son, wake up. I'm so sorry. He's crying. And then out of the coma comes Carl. It's like, oh, my God, you're, you're awake. You're awake. And he's like, dad, where am I? What's going on? He's like, you hurt. You know, you got injured, blah, blah, blah. But you're in the hospital now. You're okay. And Carl says, I had the weirdest dream. Um, and he was explaining, he kind of describes he was dreaming about the whole series. He's, mm-hmm. been, he's been alive the whole time. He's like, I dreamed that I died. And it was really sad and kind of out of left field. <laughs> and no one was happy about it. Um, I was with all these then, poorly motivated uh, people. Uh, Rick's, 
Yeah, exactly. And and then at that moment, uh, Shane rushes in. Shane is still dressed like the first episode where he's oh, just yeah, Rick's the Punisher, right? Top partner. Shane, I love that actor. Yes, the Punisher. I, I can't remember his uh, name. Shane, uh, he's great. Uh, I can't remember his name either. Oh, oh great. John Barenthal. <laughs> People can Google him. Uh, John Barenthal runs in, still in his little clean uh, cop uniform. He's like, Rick, oh, my God, Carl, you're awake. Rick, Carl, we have to get out of here. Something's happening. And 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 that Rick's like, what's happening? And uh, uh, Shane's like, I can't explain. Turn the TV on. They turn the TV on in the hospital room. They see a report about the first, like, realization there's a zombie apocalypse. And the reporter's like, there's some kind of weird plague going around. People are eating each other. And that moment, uh, zombies invade the studio. And we see that reporter for the Atlanta <laughs> local news getting torn apart. And then, uh, and then Rick and Carl and Shane um, look out the window and see, like, Atlanta's on fire and people are screaming and, and the army's fighting zombies. Ooh, and nice. then that's the end of the series. So the universe started again, but Carl's alive like he should have been now because they killed him because the kid was going to go to high school. But he was still alive in the comics. It really offended. I know so many Walking Dead fans are like, if they kill Carl, I swear to God, I'm not, not going to watch it anymore. Well, they did it. Goodbye, Walking Dead. So, so to them, yeah. that was the ending, even though it's still going. So that's my way to fix The Walking Dead. <laughs> I like right. Game of Thrones. In a, in a way, I don't know if, if that was purposeful, but it's an homage to Nightmare City, which is a classic Italian zombie film. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nightmare City is oh, great. I don't know that it one. might be the first fast zombie movie uh, where oh, they run. Interesting. Uh, but it starts oh. with like a plane landing uh, from some foreign country and it opens up and it's just zombies pouring out. Um, <laughs> And that's like that's how the zombie invasion starts oh, wow. in this in Italy, but it ends with um all the characters dying, but one wakes up because it was all a dream, and then it ends with them with the TV on, and you see like a news report about this mysterious plane from blah 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 is landing at the airport right now, and then it just like loops back to the the first scene footage of the zombies <laughs> spilling out of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, the nice. End. I, I was I was inspired by ripping off the Wizard of Oz combined with the ending of Stephen King's spoiler alert Dark Tower uh, loop. That's what I was well, combining too. But the, I like those better. Yeah, Initially, loop, I thought it was going to be that kid with the snow globe from St. Elsewhere, thus tying The Walking Dead into the larger <laughs> universe. There. That's, yeah, <laughs> I thought about the kid with the snow globe. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, oh, retroactively. Cool. And hey, I assume alive. Gwen's alive out there somewhere, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, everyone from the original cast is still alive because nothing's happened yet. And there could be a whole new series where they just fixed everything and keep oh, Carl nice. alive. Okay. Have different Excellent. Deaths. Cool. Very good. I think we've had a lot of strong ones, but I bet we've got one more. Sandra, what is your pitch for a brand new and improved TV finale? Ooh, all right. So we are going to be looking at Dexter, which I'm still bitter about. For the, uh, the Wait, you're, beating, you're beating the actual creators of the movie to like redoing the the ending. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. This um, I don't know where they're going to take it, um, and so I kind of had to shift gears, knowing that there's going to be more. So Dexter is still alive, um, and so in my pitch, he would have to end alive because I'm going to at least pretend that that he's alive in this next thing. So. For my pitch, all right, it just a background with Dexter. So he is um, has this compulsion to kill, and so he his father creates this code for him that if he's going to kill, 
he he's only able to kill like serial killers, someone who mm. is a detriment to society in you know a significant way. So killers or like pedophiles, stuff like that. So he's been living by this code and slowly this code has kind of been a little bit dismantled because his character isn't isn't able to love. Like that's his big thing. He's not able to love. And obviously so because he's able to kill people. Um, so he doesn't have that empathy in him, but he ends up getting married and having a kid and then his wife gets killed. And so now he's got this kid and he's shifted as a character, which we would expect to see, but it has become at this point in the last season, so muddled, um, not only for him, but also for his um, adopted sister, uh, Deborah. So Deborah is um, for her character. She has, discovered in the previous season that Dexter is a serial killer and she doesn't turn him in. So she just counters who she is as a person in her character. Um, she goes against that, which I, I think is troubling to see when you have a character developed and then they just completely shift gears. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has gone against who she is by not, um, not turning him in. But even more than that, she actually kills um, she kills a fellow officer to save Dexter. And now in season eight, she is just torn by that. She is drinking. She's doing drugs. She just, you know, is feeling the weight of rejecting who she is and who her character is um, and now feeling the weight of that. So she is a mess and Dexter is trying to repair that that relationship and in the very last episode um oh gosh it was just such a mess it really felt like a group of writers were in the room and they all gave their pitches and the show owner is like yes to everything (laughs) yeah all of that it's just gonna be a buffet um because it felt like it went in so many different directions so it would be not it won't be good but it'll be a lot (laughs) Right, right. Mm. Um, it was a lot. So I would say for for this ending of the th- that final season would have to be kind of unraveled a little bit and then redone. Um, I be think Carl's dream. No, <laughs> mm. I think what should happen <laughs> is that. Um, well, so the the other part of it is that there is a um, another serial killer, um, and her name is Vogel, and and then her son Saxon. Um, is so this in, new or the series? Because I didn't see the this last. This is this is the series. Okay, good, good. Um, so there's another serial killer, and she's on to Dexter. Um, and Saxon ends up killing Vogel, who is the the mother. He kills his own mother, and um, Deb gets um, severely hurt, injured in that um, that whole scene there. So she's in the hospital. And Dexter's new girlfriend and son have taken off to like Argentina or something. And he's supposed to meet them there. Um, But all this stuff, like ridiculous stuff starts happening. There's like a hurricane coming. (laughs) Dexter does this bomb scare thing to like divert attention so he can get to Deb, but also to like kill Saxon who says, hey, we're going to have a truce after all. It's just like this weird mess. So I think the whole Vogel and Saxon thing, it needs to just play out where um, Saxon kills Vogel and is presumed dead, that he um, is presumed dead by suicide. So that ties up that end of the story. And so now it's just Deb and Dexter. Deb doesn't get hurt. She's not in the hospital and she doesn't 
isn't um doesn't become brain dead because that's the way that she dies which is so just oh what a terrible like terribly simple way to go oh you're just brain dead so there's no action on the part of any character to make this happen um Wait, her, her brain just dies well she has a stroke and then she's, oh, she has a stroke um, right but but no nothing like nobody killed her or anything i i think what should happen is that deb should follow harry's code the code that dexter's been living by and she decides that what she has done is become a killer and so in front of dexter she kills herself and that completely wrecks dexter because he's been teetering between like am i changed by love am i not changed by love and so this just brings him to the complete other side he is now fully in the the monster role that he has been trying to trying trying to kind of get out of so that's it like he's just completely done with any attempts at loving anyone or anything um so he never goes back to hannah or to his son because there's no point and then and then he can still end in isolation and then it can pick up and uh vogel's son saxon is actually not dead and that's where things can pick up is that they are um they're going to be after each other trying to continue killing other people but also trying to find the other person that's all i got i'm like she's got to kill herself in front of him and destroy him and that that, he can he can i don't mean he can be i guess um i I thought that was stupid but (laughs) um but yeah i mean i think in order for her to stay true to her character she needs to go out better than just suffering a stroke and being brain dead and all the things that are happening, that's how she goes out. And then she just gets dumped in the ocean by Dexter. Yeah. I think, I think that would resolve um, where her character has been. And she's, you know, unless she actually kills Dexter, but I think this one allows for Dexter to be alive and um, continue on in this, this reboot. And Mm -hmm. it, it completely destroys him. Yeah. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, now I did not see the last season of Dexter. Any other Dexter fans here? Uh, me. I okay, will, excellent. Uh, I'll jump in on this. Cool. Because uh, I think because Sandra and I can we have a. Uh, I think we both wanted to kind of end up the same way. It sounds like your your main um, problem with the finale was the the way Deb goes out. Among other things, yeah, I, I think there should have been more between Deb and Dexter. That's always yeah. been the heart of the show. Yes. Yeah. And and that's why I think because you know, okay, so so Deb is in a coma and has stroke, and so she's vegetative state, and so Dexter kills her, like he he pulls mm-hmm. the plug, li- like literally, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and and then dumps her body. Like, I think that is that's why I think that finale works is because Deb is Dexter's last victim, like, and he he dumps her like he does a victim. Uh, because he is so like he even though he didn't you know cause like and essentially he does take responsibility that if it wasn't for him deb wouldn't have been in that situation deb wouldn't have been hurt mm-hmm. deb wouldn't be like he takes full responsibility that his sister is dead because of him mm-hmm. um so she is his victim and and that's where like you kind of get like the way they're like okay he dumps her body and then he drives his boat into the oncoming hurricane um that very well should have been the ending maybe because that is Mm -hmm. dexter being like i'm i have crossed the line even for myself i'm going to kill myself uh so then you have to kind of imagine uh, 
he drove into the hurricane and survived and then decided, well, uh-huh. I didn't die. So I guess I'm going to go move to Portland or move to move to Oregon and become a lumberjack, which also yeah. I feel is like valid. Like Dexter Morgan is dead. And so he's like, that's why like he's not going to try to find his son, Harrison, who he left with mm-hmm. another serial killer. But and and yeah. that that's my main and issue with, smart. The, with the final <laughs> season. Yeah. Is that Hannah is not That'll a good person. Hannah is yeah. is terrible. Um, that's mm-hmm. why I think it should. I think they maybe intended to try to get Julia Stiles back to play Lumen, because um, mm. that's the only person in his past that I could see him being okay with Harrison living with or like ending up with. Uh, but I feel like that was more an outside factors thing where they couldn't yeah. get Julia Stiles and like it, they they could get the actress who played Hannah back. Um, and Hannah is, I guess, a little bit more dank for like, mm-hmm. just kind of the rush, like Dexter, the last like three or four episodes of every season is just like rushing from one thing to another. And like, how are they going to get out of this? Like that kind of builds better with a character like Hannah. But yeah, that's, that's the only part that I don't like is I don't think Dexter, even if he intended to die would be um, leaving Harrison with, with Hannah. I've, if they had revealed that he had tipped off the police right before he died, like he had Mm -hmm. left a note, like she's in Argentina with my son, like something like that, where like, I feel like he'd be more comfortable with Harrison ending up with um, like the grandparents. Right. Cause that's where the, like the kids who aren't Dexter's kids ended up with the grandparents. Oh, but no, they ended up with the grandparents of the, of their dad, not with uh, Dexter's wife's parent. Right. So that's weird. The parents (laughs) of the serial killer. Okay. Well, it's like the abusive husband of Dexter's wife, first husband of Dexter's wife. uh He's killed by Dexter if memory serves. Um, But their kids end up with his parents. Um, So it gets complicated. So Harrison would not have ended up with essentially his half brother and sister's father's parents. I'm going to edit all this out because this is getting way in the weeds. But anyway, like... (laughs) That's, we need that's a where I, I like the Dexter. I like the Dexter finale. Because, uh, like, if the thesis of that series is being being human, mm-hmm. is having empathy and, and emotions, and that's really fucking hard. Like, we'd want to see Dexter be able to come to terms with that and be like, "Yes, I I do have feelings. I I am a I'm not just a like a sociopath, but actually have him be like, being human is fucking hard, and I'd rather drive my boat into a hurricane after all the pain I've caused. I feel like that. I feel like that's a satisfying. I just didn't like that he was, yeah, and and I didn't like that he was in control. So Deb is his last victim. If it were switched and he had no control over someone who was essentially, yeah, his last victim, but not at his at his own hands, then mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. Um, so because Deb really does die as a result of what Dexter has done to her, mm-hmm. um, but had it been not in his own hands or at his own hands. Um, I think that would have been different, at least for me, like just to have him not be in control and to experience what it's like to not be in control of someone of one of your victims dying. Yeah, he he was he was a bit of a control freak in addition to the serial killing. Okay, love it. Okay, excellent. Excellent. A lot of great pitches. But dear listeners, as always, what did you think? Uh, If you've got a strong opinion, hot take or even better, a burning pitch of your own. For an official Thanksgiving theme or Netflix, what was it? Netflix and Starbucks or an improved TV finale. As always, let us know with the hashtag burning pitch. And that's our show. Have a happy or at least morally complicated Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. Check out our, oh, wait, before I go, I forgot. Oh, God. Tell us where we can find you and what you would like to plug. Uh, Brandon, you want to go first? 
Uh, first, I want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. And thank, and uh, yeah, thanks for the three-peat. And uh, thank you, India, <laughs> and thank you, Terror, to quote the new Thanksgiving song by Alanis Morissette. Uh, you can find my jokes and comedy stylings on my website, which is brandonbcomedy.com. That's Brandon, the letter B, comedy.com. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Sandra, how about you? Yeah, you can find me and all of my shenanigans at sand underscore rad on Twitter, sand underscore rad one on Instagram. And you can find the Story Geeks at thestorygeeks.org or uh, look for the Story Geeks on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, yes. and that's your podcast, correct? Yes. Yeah. We uh, we we talk deep about stories. So um, just really looking Ooh. at stories and how they reflect uh, what we experience here in the real world. We seek awesome. truth. I'd love to check that out. Yeah. Uh, Michael, give us your your links and news. All right, everybody, visit me on my website buymichaeltanner.com, where you can find all sorts of. Uh, uh, blog postings, short fiction. You can find a link to my web store where you can B-U-I my comic books at BUIMichaelTanner.com. Also, special plug uh, right now, I am scripting a Fallout 76 Machinima series. Uh, the first episode has just gone live uh, called Into Mystery. Uh, if you're a Fallout 76 fan or not, because you don't need to be to um, watch this Machinima, uh, you can just go to my Twitter, which is Mike is Ernie, and look for a pinned post about it because I'm not going to try to explain how to find it on hard due to all the search terms. Anyway, that's me. Visit me on my website, buymichaeltanner.com. Excellent. And I am Andy Nordvall. All of my stuff is at andynordvall.com. Oh, wow. God, should I spell Nordvall? Why not? N-O-R-D is in dog, V is in Victor, <laughs> A-L-L. Uh, I've got books, web comics, and uh, these days mostly just random musings because I'm stuck in my house. A- and that's it. Thank you for listening. Check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. And check out our site, the Grand Geek Gathering, all one word, dot com. For articles, other shows, and more, you can stay updated from our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our outro music is by Carlisle Laurent. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG. Bird, bird, bird after